The Infertility Podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life, a resource where listeners can be encouraged to push past obstacles and be motivated by individual stories. The premise of infertility is understanding the season you are in and realizing that there are strategies that can be implemented to enjoy a fertile season. Now on with the show. Welcome to episode 19 of the Infertility Podcast. As you know, the month of October is the is Pregnancy and Infant Awareness Month. Last month, we had uh, Fabiola who was on and she gave her experience on um, her rainbow baby. We've had Bonnie come on and she talks about her experience of also having a rainbow baby. And this week, we have another guest, Winnie who is my dear mentor, friend, confidant, and the list goes on and on as the role she plays in my life. So welcome, Winnie. Woohoo! Thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, Winnie, before we get into the interview, if you would just provide some information about yourself so that the listeners can get to know you a little bit better, um, professional highlights, personal highlights, and then we'll get into the interview. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very flattered to um, be a part of uh, your podcast. Yes. And, um, in short, um, my name is Winnie Janiton, as you already um, announced, and uh, I am an HR professional. I've been in HR for about 18 years right now, and uh, I've done different aspects of HR as far as uh, talent acquisition, I've done performance management, uh, payroll and benefit administration. Uh, currently, uh, my focus is mostly on associate relations, mm -hmm. and um, we, are, we just did a restructure in our company, and um, a lot of things, a lot of big things are about to happen, so that's pretty much where I'm at. Uh, you know, in my career, and um, but most importantly, I'm a servant of God, mm -hmm. wife, and mother of four children. Yes, yeah, yes, <laughs> four amazing children. Four amazing children. I've been. I'm so blessed, and uh, I am a worship leader at my church. I, um, you know, music is a big part of my life. I, I don't know how I could live without it because it's just important, as important as God is in my life. It's This is where also music falls in. Wow. And, and I truly enjoy um, being able to lead God people into worship and, and songs and just the music. And as, as we know, um, that's what we'll be doing when yes. we go to heaven is worshiping God day and night. So for me, that's very important. I'm getting a lot of practice on earth. So. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and Winnie is very humble. Um, she did not state her degrees. Um, she talked <laughs> about, you know, all of her professional highlights, but I think it's also important that you talk about um, continuing your education um, because you really, in the past couple of years, have um, pushed yourself academically um, and have achieved um, great heights in, in education. Yes. Well, I, um, I have my Bachelor of Science in Business and Human Resources uh, Management. 
because uh, for me it was important to even though uh, I was at the peak of my career when I went back to school but still I thought it was important to do that and at a certain point of my life I thought I wanted to be an attorney so it's <laughs> been <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of years got my master's in legal studies and um, and realized uh, I don't think that's the route I want to go to and um, and then realized that my, my true calling is really um, to be a marriage and family counselor. Mm -hmm. I just got accepted at um, Palm Beach Atlantic University in, in January 2020. So that's, uh, I really want to follow, you know, God's calling for my life. My life so yes. I'm excited about that. Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, even though you feel like you may not, um, be using your legal study degree, I feel like it plays a lot into the role that you're in as far as knowing the laws, um, policies and procedures and, and it connecting with associate relations. And so, um, you know, a lot of times life takes us in a path that um, we may not know and understand, but everything works together for the good, you know, yes. and that's scriptural. And I know that all of your um, studying has allowed you to really be an advocate um, for the employees. And that is something definitely I admire um, about you within your role. Thank you. You're welcome. So let's get into the interview. Um, I have started this question with um, the, the all three of the um, individuals that I've interviewed on this topic. And it is, how did you meet your husband? And how long have you been married? Okay. Well, uh, it's been such a long time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I met my husband at a concert um, during Christmas uh, time back in 1986 mm -hmm. so um met him and i remember um he saw me and asked me for my phone number and then the next day he called me to tell me that he loved me that was, <laughs> that <is insane>. you know <laughs> you don't know me for what maybe one hour yes <laughs> and uh, but and i remember him saying that he knew when he saw me he knew that was the person that has chosen for him. Wow. He had no doubt in his mind. And he said, I'm not wasting a second. And he called me the next day to say that. It took wow. me a while for me to get my own confirmation. Right. But, uh, <laughs> right. but, um, but that's how we met. But um, the interesting part also is um, beginning of the same year or maybe a couple of years before, um, he went to one of the church and my mother saw him mm -hmm. um, but i was so much younger and and she said this is the young man i want for my daughter wow and and it's so amazing how god arranged it and then because i at the time i lived in providence Rhode island he lived in boston massachusetts so we're not even in the same state wow but, um and then he came back about almost two years later and we connected. So I always tell people that my mother chose my husband Aww. for me because he spoke it into existence, yeah. existence and it happened. Yes. And, so, and how long have you guys been married? Uh, we have been married for 28 years. Wow. That is amazing. Wonderful years. Yes. <laughs> and um, because I know Winnie on a personal um, level, I can say this. Um, in the sense that a lot of people look to their marriage as a great example. 
um, part of the reason why I am so supportive of Winnie going and getting her degree in marriage counseling is because her marriage has emulated what a marriage should look like. And it's not to say that everything is perfect because nothing in life is perfect, but um, they have been a pillar in our church and our community and a great example to follow. So um, that is amazing that you guys have been married for that long. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and, and all glory to God because yes. we have been through some up and downs, and, um, but the Lord has always found a way to see us through it. Yes. So I, I am very blessed. Yes, definitely. So um, I, because I know you, I know you got um, married at a relatively young age. What age did you get married? Um, if you don't mind, I was, I was twenty. Twenty. Okay. Yes. So you're you were you got married relatively young. Even today, what we would consider young, honestly. Yes. Um, you know, uh, even though there's a lot of couples in the 80s 90s that got married at that age even now if we think about people who get married in their t early 20s we're like oh you know it's kind of scary you know <laughs> because life <laughs> life hasn't happened you know and, and there's a lot of learning and growth to go through so oh, yeah i agree yeah so that's not if you don't even know yourself really yes <laughs> you don't <laughs> you never really know yourself to be honest yes. that's so, one thing. 20 to you know yes even worse <laughs> So, um, once you and your husband got married, did you want children right away or did you want to wait? And why did you guys make that decision? Uh, we wanted to wait. Okay. And, um, and, and the reasons, because once we were, we were both very young mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, at the age of 20, I felt like I was still a kid mm -hmm. and, um, and we wanted to, I think we had the conversation, we wanted to explore life mm -hmm. as husband and wife. Mm -hmm. before we became parents yes so we really wanted to get that time to get to know each other we talked about we've always said we wanted to wait at least two years okay or you know we start having children so for us it was important to get to do the things that we you know we we know that once you have kids it's going to be a lot more difficult yes so we wanted to spend that time and really get to know each other okay very good yes so, um, after you got married, um, and you decided, okay, we're going to wait a little bit. Um, how soon after did you both decide, okay, Hey, I think it's time to start trying. Well, it's, here's the interesting part. Even though we said we wanted to wait two years, I never did anything to stop from myself or ourselves from getting pregnant. Okay. It was just, we said it, and then we were like, okay, two years. And um, so after two years went by, then we were like, oh, wow, it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we're like, it's almost like we just surprised that it never happened. Yeah. But, um, but we, we were not using any type of birth control. Okay. Okay, we want to wait two years, we're going to do this. So therefore, we, you know, for us um, not to have kids right away. So, I mean, really, um, the two years went by, and, and we realized, okay, uh, I think it's about time that I see a doctor to get some check checkup done to see, you know, what's going on. Okay. And then once you, um, you know, had this initial doctor doctor's visit, was there any indication that, okay, something might be wrong? Because sometimes, you know, 
I'll speak for myself. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I just kind of watched the calendar for the first year or two that we knew we weren't really trying to, to get pregnant and make sure, hey, I wasn't having um, sex in that ovulation window and being very careful around that time period. Right. Um, and, you know, going to the doctor and saying them saying, okay, there's nothing physically wrong with me. Um, when you went to, you know, your doctor, was there any indication that, hey, this is going to be a struggle or challenge um, to get pregnant? Um, in my case, yes, because I've always had irregular cycles. Okay. So, uh, so therefore, and we realized that's why we never really worried because of my irregular cycle. I don't know when ovulation is happening. So therefore, right. uh, you know, we, we never really worried about it. But until I started seeing a doctor and that's when they started explaining to me that they did all sort of tests. They said, everything is fine. Mm -hmm. However, with irregular period, it's really hard to figure out when um, ovulation is happening and when it's not. Right. So, that was the one part that you know we got when when we got diagnosed that I had to do something to help help me so I can have more you know regular cycles so we would be able to figure out okay when ovulation is happening and when you know I would be able to um okay and um did they put you on a plan like what was the next steps okay they they just said okay this is what the challenge is this is how we're gonna kind of fix it what was the next steps or what what was the plan um that they you know forged ahead for you and your husband to take so the the plan was um and people who's been who's been put in fertility they should be very familiar with that medication called clomid yes indeed and, uh, <laughs> so that was very popular it's like people like oh yeah i know about clomid yes um so the doctor started me on clomid and um first three months uh nothing happened they decided on increasing the dose uh so went on a higher dose for another three months and uh, still didn't get, get pregnant. And, um, and they realized, okay, let's just give you a higher dose for another three months. So I ended up spending nine months taking Clomid. Wow. And, and still couldn't get pregnant. And at that point, uh, the doctor said, we have to stop because then I started having ovarian cysts because that's one of the side effects. Yes. Clomid is ovarian cysts. So he, um, he definitely felt like, you know, my ovaries were working overtime so he said okay we have to stop then um we would have to go to the next level and start injection so obviously clomid is not working for me okay so so how long was this infertility season for you um i want to say it's a total of four years wow um because uh, i think i ended up being in, in clomid for a whole year then uh, my husband and i relocated so we went from north to south okay. uh, we located to florida and um and i started seeing a new doctor okay so said, you know what that doctor does not have my records <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny thing when you switch states you can you can uh, cheat the system oh, yeah. and i'm like you know what because they said you know i couldn't take the clomid anymore i i did tell them that i wasn't clomid for a while I, yes you know when i went but i said you know but i said it's been um over a year now since i've been off of it and maybe there could be some changes in my body then um i said okay i'm gonna 
I would like to start again taking Comed. And, um, and they did that. He ended up putting me on Comed for um, two months. And on the second month, I got pregnant. Wow. So it's like the change of environment. Yes, um, I do believe so. I think it was a lot of stress. Yes. And, you know, my environment, because, yes. you know, you get people who's asking you all the time, well, what happened? You're not pregnant yet. Are you doing something not to get pregnant? And you're getting all this. And, and after a while, people don't understand. It, it's just, it gets, it gets frustrating. Yes. When you try, I'm like, I'm trying. And you get people who's like, when are you going to give your husband a baby? Yes. Like, really? <laughs> you know, it's not up to me. Right. But, um, but it's just you, unfortunately, you have people around you that, you know, ask some, some questions like that and not understanding that, you know what, it's okay to look at the person and see what's going on and just pray for them. Yes. Stop yes. the questioning because then it just put additional stress on you, on your body, on your relationship. Yes. And people don't understand that, that, that stress. No causes stress on the body you know yes. what i mean mm-hmm. um and if you're trying to conceive you need to do your best to eliminate um as much stress as possible and um, we've talked about this in um many episodes on the podcast of you know comments that were made that were you know a bit insensitive um i know i shared you know i, I think the week after i had my miscarriage um the first one that um, like the following Sunday, someone asked me anything yet. And it's mm-hmm. like, sir, I'm bleeding right now. And I'm having a miscarriage, but you can't really be blunt like that. Even though sometimes you I know, to be. I know. And people, people don't understand. You just, you, you, you're longing to have a child. Yes. And I realized also, as I was going through it, there's just some season are worse than others. Yes. Cause it's, I know it's an all year round type of feelings but there's just certain seasons are just was i feel like the pain intensified so let's unpack that so what type of seasons are you referring to um like i would say as far as you know mother's day yeah oh my gosh i had such a hard time going through mother's day and with our culture i have to go through it twice you know, we do the American yes. one and the Haitian one. Yes, in one month. You know what I mean? You don't even have a break, a real break in between. No. <laughs> and then you have Father's Day. Yes. You know, and that comes around. Yes. And then Christmas. For me, these were the three seasons that I really struggled with. Yes. So I, and for me, that's when the pain truly intensified. I'm like, oh, around those times, it's just, and, um, you know, it, it's hard. Yeah, so definitely. Really, yeah. You know, I said that in this season, I'm in the season of going to um, baby showers. This is the year of baby showers. Last year was the year of weddings. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, you know, I really had to find this inner strength, you know, to to attend baby showers. And if, you know, we got to a point, um, Woody and I, you know, if we don't want to go, we just don't go. And we're okay with that. You know what I mean? It's okay, yes. It is okay because I'm the one that's dealing with this, the feelings. You know what I mean? So um, I think that, you know, having the conversation here on this podcast will hopefully help others who are um, 
watching their friends and or family members go through this um, season of infertility and be mindful of that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I brought up, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, maybe Thanksgiving, you know, maybe a trigger for someone else and right. just being mindful of um, the fact that um, it's, it's really difficult. And, and the, in the age that we're in, um, I know Winnie, you may not be as much on social media um, as my listeners and I are, are, but um, you know, uh, nowadays uh, Thanksgiving, um, Christmas um, can really be a trigger for people for uh, for a number of reasons. But one thing, you know, one two things I've seen really in the past is is really um, this is the time period where you see a lot of engagements. So a lot of my single you know, listeners, they go through that um, time period of around the holidays and having to go on social media and everyone's getting engaged. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in the season, season where I'm anticipating where, you know, November, December will be the time period for a lot of pregnancy announcements right. because people wait for those type of, you know, holidays or big events to mm-hmm. tell the world, Hey, this is what's going on. And so mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you talked about, you know, you know, the comments that were made and the fact that sometimes the seasons and the holidays that um, we celebrate can be a trigger for someone else. Yes. 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 So you moved to Miami. Yes. And moved to Miami. And, got pregnant um, two months after having, being on Clomid. Yes. yes. And all of a sudden, there's just that big change in my body now. Clomid decided on working. Yes. <laughs> all of a sudden. You know, I think it had a lot to do with, we were in a different environment. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew us when they saw us. They thought we were newlyweds. Yes. So, which made it, I mean, it made it so much more comfortable to have conversation with people. Then nobody's asking us, you know, about kids because in their mind, we were newlyweds who moved to Miami and uh, just trying to get ourselves situated, you know, at that time. So it really helped. It relieved a lot of the stress mm-hmm. that we were experiencing when we were you know, in Rhode Island. So it, it really made a whole lot of a difference. So, and I think that's what happened. Then my body was more relaxed. Then it became where, um, you know, you're at a point where you're not thinking about pregnancy so much anymore. Right. Because I, you know, at a certain point, you know, I remember one time, you know, my husband said, I'm being used. But it was, it was <laughs> all, all men can relate to that phrase. Your husband's not the only one who said it. <laughs> Because it was, it took the whole enjoyment out of the experience. Yes. Because now that I have one purpose and one purpose only. Yes. Is to get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel you, girl. It's just interesting, you know. You know, different point of views. You know, in the marriage, but we're looking at it from a different lens. Yeah. But um, but got pregnant. You know, in 1995, that's when we moved um, to Miami. And that same year, you know, um, I ended up getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And um, I was expecting twin boys. Wow. And, uh, three months into the pregnancy, I woke up in the middle of the night and realized I was bleeding. Wow. And, uh, and we definitely went on panic mode, go to the hospital and... Um, uh, doctor put me on bed rest. Okay. And uh, I was on bed rest for a whole month. And um, so made it to month four. Okay. And uh, I figured, okay, I'm doing much better. I'm past the first 
I'll try my best. And I'm like, okay, good. So I'm on four months now. I should be okay. And started slowly going back to my regular routine okay. and started bleeding again. Wow. And I was like, okay. So the doctor put me on bed rest again. So for another month. And even after that, then my husband's like, okay, you know what? You know, you're going to stop everything because we're not going to take any chances. Right. So, uh, just follow the doctor's order until, but even with the bed rest. And uh, I remember one day I woke up and, um, and again, I started bleeding. But this time I was, I was also having contraction. Wow. So uh, rushed me to the hospital and... Um, and I remember when I went to the hospital, they told me that, uh, you know, the babies are fine. And, um, and they said they're concerned because I started dilating, but it was only one centimeter. Okay. And, um, and the doctor told me it's okay. Uh, we can fix that. So, but unfortunately, I live in the southwest side of Miami. The hospital that I was in, they were not they did not want to do the procedure there and they had to transport me to Jackson Memorial Hospital. Okay. You know, and, um, and, and by the time I got there from the ambulance and I made it to the hospital and they rushed me into a room and as I was in the ambulance, I was, I was having contraction very little, but I could feel, I could feel all the movement as we heading towards, you know, Jackson Memorial. Right. And when I made it on the road, Oh my gosh. Yes. And by the time I made it there and then when the doctor came, I was three centimeters. Oh my. And then the membrane came out. So one of the babies started to come out. Wow. And then the doctor said, there is nothing we can do at this point um, because of that. And then they already, and then when they did some tests, they said one of the baby's heartbeat already stopped. Wow. there's nothing they can do. So they had to give you medication to um, speed up the process. And, um, and then August 2nd, you know, gave birth to twin boys. Wow. But, uh, but unfortunately, the second one was alive, but uh, the lungs were not fully developed. So there was nothing they were able to do at wow. that point. So... That was one of the toughest time of my life mm-hmm. because I was devastated and, you know, keep on asking God the question, how could you let this happen? Mm-hmm. I waited for so long and finally, um, expecting twin boys and, mm-hmm. uh, and I lost both of them. And, uh, and I remember, um, as I was laying there, the Lord reminded me of something that I said. And and I think, you know, as Christians, we have to be very careful because there's things you've spoken, you know, on your, you've spoken on your life and not realizing that, hey, that's what you asked for. And God said, that's exactly what I gave you. As I was going through the process of infertility and I said, you know, Lord, at least let me get pregnant. Mm. But if I lose the baby, at least I know I have what it takes to get pregnant. And he reminded me of that as I was in a hospital bed, felt like life was over. There is no way I can bounce from that, you know. And, um, and he reminded me. And, all, and then at that moment, I was like, okay, that's what I asked for. Mm. So, therefore, I'm going through this process. He wants to show me that you were able to get pregnant, but 
now was not the timing, but because you were so impatient and you wanted to know whether you have what it takes to get pregnant. So that's exactly what I did for you. Right. That's a lot. Yes, that is. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a that lot. Is. Yeah. And, you know, you went through all of those years of struggling to get pregnant. You finally get pregnant. And not only did you get pregnant, you got pregnant with twins. Twins, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is not yeah. common. So you got pregnant with twins. And you go through this high, you know, of finding out, I'm assuming, you know, hey, we're pregnant. And, hey, we're pregnant with twins. Yes. Um, and then for it to end the way that it did. Yes. So that was, that was a very painful experience. Yes. That's traumatic. Yes. Um, and so after you've gone through this pregnancy loss, um, tell me a little bit about your recovery and not only the physical re recovery, because it's, it's not only physical, it's spiritual, it's emotional. It's, there's so many layers to, um, you know, after experiencing a pregnancy loss. So what was your recovery like? Well, the physical one was quick. Right. I think that was the quickest of it all. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Like, like I felt that my body recovered from it quickly, but emotionally, it, it was hard. Mm. I, I, I felt like I went through a long time grieving. And sometimes, you know, at the time, I, I wasn't thinking of it that way, but I realized that, you know, I needed time to grieve and it's okay. Right. Because it's a loss. Yes. You need that time to grieve. And, um, and also, and as I'm going through the process, and I think, you know, one of the things as I'm going through my recovery is, is forgetting that my husband was impacted as well, but right. you get to be so selfish. Yeah, at times like this, and I, I mean, I always said if I had to do it all over again, maybe I would. There, there's a lot of things I would have done differently. Because mm -hmm. I think through the whole process, I forgot about that. It's a loss for him too, right? And uh, and as I'm going through my emotional uh, season, and I was in there, and I felt like it, it's almost like I wanted to go through it by myself. Mm -hmm. and then the enemy does that to you too he wants you to isolation yourself, yes. you know, disconnect yourself from your loved one the yes. people can really help you and, 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 and encourage you and you get to that point where I just wanted to be by myself don't bother me just just let me be right uh, and, and I think you know that it, it, it made the recovery part emotionally it made it harder okay. It, it was a lot longer. It, it didn't have to be that long. Okay. Because I chose to go through it by myself. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it made it more difficult. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you, you take that time, you grieve. Um, what are the conversations like, you know, thereafter talking about, hey, we want to try again? Um, it's one of those things where we never had a conversation about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was one of those things where it's like you go through it and, um, and, you know, I, I think I was at, at a point in my life where, you know, going through counseling was not so common mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. It's, it's almost like, you know, 
you just go through it, you bounce back and you move on, mm. you know? And, and I think we went through that period where, okay, it happened. And, um, you know, I went through my season of crying and crying and crying. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did a lot more of that than anything else. Right. I did more crying than praying. Yeah. <laughs> but the beauty of it is even our, our tears are silent prayers to God. Yes, that is true. That, so that is true. Even when we don't have the words, you know, he understands. Right. Yeah. You're right about that. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. So you you go through this emotional process and you know the challenges that you've already faced with trying to conceive. Um, tell me about your experience of um, finally getting pregnant with your first child. So um, when I got pregnant with my daughter, it happened four months after I lost the twins. So it happened wow. August 2nd. And then end of December, I entered the new year, 1996, finding out I was pregnant. Wow. And for me, that was, oh my God, it's just... Um, I was besides myself. Excited. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh Lord, what a way to enter a new year. Yes. I found out like in the last days, you know, before the year end that I was, I was pregnant mm -hmm. um, and, you know, very excited and just, um, you know, couldn't wait because, you know, here I am, you know, pregnant, you know, mm -hmm. going to have another child. It's almost like you look at it, this is another chance. I get a second yes. chance, to have, you know, to have a, a baby. Yes. And so were you excited? I know you were excited, but were you also fearful or, you know, tell me about the emotions that you're feeling yes. as you're entering this new year. Yeah, entering the new year. And it's just, yeah, it's a lot of excitement. At the same time, um, I was very scared. Mm -hmm. And I think to a point where I've allowed fear to take over. And I couldn't enjoy my pregnancy. Mm. So I get the news, I get excited, and then all of a sudden, you know, I keep going back to what I went through. Yes. You know, with the last pregnancy, the bleeding, and, and my doctor already told me that, you know, they're going to wait for me to, after three months of first trimester, then they're going to do a... Uh, uh, we're going to have to tie up my uterus. The circlash. The circlash. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So that way I don't start dilating too early. Mm -hmm. so, and they already told me once they do that process, I'm in bed rest until I give birth. Wow. And, uh, and that was scary. And I remember um, my husband saying, wow, you know, we really need to pray. And, you know, if it's in God's will, it's going to happen that way. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. But he said, but if it's not, this doctor will never mention that again. Wow. And sure enough, with first three months, you know, and then we waited like, oh, okay, I figured you know, that once I go to my appointment, he's going to bring it up. He didn't. So I went to like six months and I'm like, oh, it's, he's definitely not going to do that again because now I'm six months. Yes. So, you know, he never brought it up. And I realized that I went through the pregnancy, even though I was very scared, but I know God wanted to show me that, you know what? It's okay because... This one, I'm going to give it to you. Whether you are scared or not, it's <laughs> going to happen. That's the pregnancy that you're supposed to take full term. Yes. That's the one that was planned for you, you know, from the beginning. Right. So, 
and, and then I, I went through it and uh, and it's so amazing how God does it because I remember the doctor giving me a due date of September 6th mm-hmm. and um, and I was like oh okay great so but I've said after I had the miscarriage I said the month of August will always be a month that I will be very sad mm-hmm. because August 2nd is when I gave birth to two boys that you know who died you know mm-hmm. after I gave birth so in my head I've, I've always said that and um and he arranged it where I gave birth to my first daughter two weeks prior to my due date wow. so she on August 23rd mm-hmm. and then the Lord said you will never remember the miscarriage you yeah. will always remember her birthday mm-hmm. and that's how he changed it. and I and from that point August will come I always look forward to her birthday and forget about I had a miscarriage. Right. Miscarriage August 2nd mm-hmm. of the prior year. So, wow. Yes. So God is faithful. He is. He is. God is faithful. He truly is. He is. And he, he, he will do what he says he will do. Amen. Yes. So. so you have your first child. After you have your first child, because you in the intro you talked about that you now have four children. Yes. Um, after having your first child, did you have any further complications um, conceiving and or giving birth to the remainder of the three? Well, um, my, after I had my first child, I went right back to irregular period. Okay. <laughs> So it's like, you know, my body's like, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's what, that's, that's all we got for you. Yeah. That's how it's going to be. And, uh, and I was like, okay. So again, went through the same thing, never used any type of birth controls. And, um, uh, we, after four years, we like, wow, it's really not going to happen on its own. <laughs> yeah. So we realized that. So I went back to the same doctor and said, you know, we really want to have another child. And he said, okay. And, and I said, yeah, we want to try Clomid again. And then now we became, you know, like we can, we, we tell the doctor what to give us. And that. <laughs> Y'all became the doctors. And I said, yeah, I said, yeah, you know, you can give me Clomid again. I want to try it. And, and sure enough, on the second month, I got pregnant. Wow. So it happened quickly. And, um, you know, and uh, I remember one day I went uh, for the ultrasound so they were able to, uh, let me know the days I ovulate, and uh, I remember I went there. He's like, and the doctor said, "Yes, today is the day." I picked up the phone and called my husband. I work. I said, "Today is the day. You need to come home. I'm going home." You <laughs> <laughs> don't got time to waste. Let's go. <laughs> Let's make this happen. You know, people who knows my husband. That's his. Uh, yes, that's his phrase. That's his phrase. Yes, it is. <laughs> We're gonna make this happen. So yes. <laughs> And I then I my second child, and then my body said, "You know what? I am changing now. Now yeah. you have regular cycles." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had my third uh, child back to back. Yes. Yes. So after I had my third child, I'm like, "Okay, I'm getting on birth control now." Yeah. Now you turn into a baby making machine, and you're like, "Okay, yes. <laughs> we gotta slow this down." 
Yes, so um, ended up having four children, but you know, that's how faithful God is. And sometimes I said, he looked at us and he must be laughing. He said, what am I going to do with these children? They asked for kids and I'm giving it to them. Now they're doing things to stop the process from happening. So, <laughs> yes. So, I always um, say God is looking down and shaking his head like, Lord, have yes, mercy. Yes, I, I do believe that. <laughs> Awesome. So you have four kids now. Four kids, yeah. And I'm thinking about the transition of your story. Um, mm -hmm. How you went to Miami with no children, and, and they kind of were like, okay, they're newlyweds. Um, then you coming to our church mm -hmm. and having two and a half, right? Because <laughs> that was pregnant with Anthony. Yeah, so two and a half um, yes. children. And um, I think we've talked about this numerous of times is, you know, people will look at you now and see that you have four children and would never know, hey, this is what I went through. Yes. This is my story. This is my testimony. Yes. Um, and oftentimes we are in the process, we're in the season and we can't see our way out mm -hmm. you know um and you are a living testament of god's faithfulness if he said he's going to do it he's going to do it amen and um for those of you who haven't picked up i have worked also with winnie um and she has definitely been uh a mentor and confidant to me um especially in this year, in my journey of um, infertility, I have been in Winnie's office because we used to work in the same building. Um, I've been in Whitney, Winnie's office numerous of times, crying my eyes out um, because of this process and because of the season. And I remember you said something that um, I really hold dear to my heart in the sense that you never understood why you went through your loss. Right. Um, you still had that lingering question as to, okay, why did this kind of happen to me? Um, but now for me to be going through the same kind of journey and, um, you realizing and you coming to that realization, Hey, I went through this so I can help someone else. Yes. And I think that's what it's all about. It's, it's about being transparent with your story. Mm -hmm. um, because even before going through my journey, I knew your story, you know, because you shared it with me and I knew what you went through, um, which made it easier for me to have, you know, conversations with you mm -hmm. about, you know, pregnancy loss, about infertility and um, this journey. And I think, um, it's, it's, it takes a lot out of a person to be transparent and to say, okay, this is what I went through. It was very difficult and this is how I got through it. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to speak to any of my listeners who are, um, in a journey of infertility or who have experienced a pregnancy loss what would be your words of um, advice or comfort to them as they're going through uh, this journey? Oh, I would say trust in God. Mm -hmm. For me, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. And understanding that there is nothing that you're going through that God was not already aware of. 
Amen. So a lot of times it's part of the journey. I know it's hard when you're in the midst of it. You know, however, knowing that he's the one who holds your tomorrow, he knows what will happen. So therefore, it's trusting that there is a reason why yes. you're going through it. You may not know it at the time, mm -hmm. but there is always a reason why God allow you to go through certain experience. Again, it's, it, it goes back to it's being able to help someone else. Yes. Time, there's a difference between sympathizing and empathizing. Yes, definitely. So it, it, it's, it makes a big difference because I think you, you're at a point where you can truly understand someone mm -hmm. because you've been through it. Mm -hmm. So anyone who's going through that, it's knowing that there is always a reason. And eventually you will know. And, and sometimes maybe you'll never know. Yeah. You know, because I think there are cases you may never know, but know that because you know who holds your tomorrow, you have nothing to fear. You just have to trust him and know that God has the best in store for you. Amen. Yes, yes indeed. Thank you for that. Amen. Yes. So I want to thank you, Winnie, for being part of the Infertility Podcast. Hopefully this is not the last time we have you on. Um, if anyone would like to connect with you, what would be the best way to um, connect with you if, if one of the listeners is going through this season and wants to get to you know, know you better or you know, speak to you a little bit more in depth about your story? What would be the best way to connect with you? Uh, best way they can call my cell okay. and, uh, and uh, my number is 321-689-6397. I do have a Facebook page. Okay. <laughs> but, but I'm not that active. Nobody <laughs> 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 knows that I, I'm hardly in there. But once yeah. in a while, I do scroll through to see what's going on. But so yeah. I would not say it's a bad, but if you post something, it may take a lot longer. Yeah. But to you, but I think the best way is to call me, send me a text, and I would be more than happy to um, reach out. You know, awesome. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes. yes. And I uh, thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode. Ciao. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister. Or you can visit my website, which is www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.